This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Welcome back. Do you suffer from hypertension? This condition afflicts 7.5 million Canadians, and it's absolutely crucial for these people to manage their heart health. Uh, The condition involves blood pressure, other aspects of heart health. Right now, I'm with our trusted contributor, Billy Chung, from the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and he is here to help you do just that, that is, manage your heart health. I'm going to give the numbers out because Billy is here to answer all your questions. The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Billy, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Excellent. Okay, so first of all, to start us off, can you explain exactly what hypertension is and who's at risk? Yeah, and you already mentioned the number, 7.5 million people. It's one quarter of Canadian adults that have high blood pressure. So I think a lot of people out there obviously uh, know about it. It's one of those things that you can't feel, but you can measure and you can track and you can get your numbers on it. Um, So blood pressure... People have uh, seen that um, they, uh, they they have blood pressure machines. When they go see the doctor, the doctor's taking blood pressure as well. Mm-hmm. You can see the blood pressure machines in the pharmacy as well, too. So you typically get two numbers, okay? You have what's called a systolic, which is usually that higher number, and they have a diastolic number, which is a lower number. Uh, and basically what these numbers are is that it tells you what the pressure is in terms of uh, the pl- pressure of the... Um, uh, of the blood against your blood vessels as your blood's pumping through your, your, your body. So the higher number is when your heart is contracting, so that's when it's actually pushing the blood through, and the lower number is when it's actually relaxed. And the concern, obviously, is that with high blood pressure is that that pressure up against the walls of the uh, the blood vessels can cause other um, risk factors and, si- and, and essentially side effects. It can cause uh, organ damage. It can cause other heart disease and cardiovascular risk. It can cause kidney, kidney damage, and it can also be uh, linked to death as well. So you want to control it. You want to know your numbers. You want to control it as well. Mm-hmm. And who is at risk for hypertension? Yeah, so you know what? There's uh, there's risk factors that you can control and there's risk factors that you can't. So I'll tell you the ones that you can't control because you can't do anything about it. So one of them is age. So in other words, when uh, uh, males 55 or older, older are at higher risk for, for having high blood pressure. And for females, it's 65 or older as well. So you can't control that. So that's just inevitable. You just kind of have to do Okay, I think a lot of people in our audience are are, uh, in that age range. So so uh, you automatically check off that box saying, yeah, okay, that's one of the risk factors. Time to watch out for this. The other one that you can't control is family history. So in other words, if you have um, a a brother or a a father that is diagnosed with heart disease at the age of 55 or younger, then that's a risk factor. Okay, so that's early cardiovascular disease. And then for uh, women, it's uh, like for a mother, or a sister, it's at 65 or, or younger if they're diagnosed with cardiovascular disease. So in other words, you kind of take a look at 
your family history, and uh, if that's been diagnosed at early ages from some of these relatives that I just indicated, then that's also a risk factor for you, which you can't control. So that's another checkbox that you would put on when you look at the risk factors there. Okay, okay so uh, we've been talking about blood pressure. Yeah. Uh, and I think most people take their blood pressure or they certainly have it taken at the doctor. And sometimes when you take it at the doctor, it can be higher than it should be because you're nervous that the doctor's taking your blood pressure. There's a term for that. People have probably heard about it called white coat syndrome. Okay. So uh, that happens is that when people are taking blood pressure measurements at home or in the pharmacy and they look fine and then when they go see the doctor, the, doc- the doctor's taking the levels and it's much higher than what they normally see. So uh, obviously um, that's where we have the advantage now is that we have all these technologies that people can have at home to measure their uh, blood pressure monitoring uh, on a regular basis. And then that way you can kind of take your readings in different places and be be able to have a better understanding of what your true numbers look like. Um, There are also risk factors that you can control to manage your blood pressure. So if you do find that it it is high, there's a number of things. So obviously um, your own blood pressure can be controlled. And we can talk about some of those lifestyle things. Uh, Cholesterol, smoking, um, your diabetes, if it's not properly managed, uh, your weight, if you're overweight, that's also a factor uh, related to blood pressure as well. And then the usual physical activity, if you're not very active, that's also something that you can change. And it's actually pretty significant when you, you look at the ability for people when they make all these adjustments and changes, you can really get your blood pressure managed to that level where it is not causing that same level of risk for a heart attack or a stroke or anything like that. Okay. Uh, what is the ideal blood pressure numbers? What should your numbers look like? So the um, the numbers that people will probably see in terms of what would be considered high, so before I go into ideal, I'll say what's considered high, is that if your blood pressure is somewhere in the range of 135, 140 on the systolic, and somewhere around the range of 85 or 90 on the diastolic number, if you're seeing those numbers are higher, then you ha- are likely in that mode of being diagnosed as high blood pressure. Okay. Um, If you have uh, diabetes, we actually want your systolic number to be less than 130. Uh, If you have, if you're considered high risk for uh, cardiovascular disease, we actually want that systolic number below 120. Okay. That's the top number. That's the top number. That's the higher number. And while both numbers are important, and they are both important, and when we're talking about the demographic group that's listening right now to the radio on this, on the station, um, that higher number is a little bit more predictive in terms of just the, uh, the importance of managing high blood pressure. But we do want you to look at both numbers, obviously. Okay. Let me ask you, this this is not strictly in the topic, but I know people with low blood pressure. So what's blood pressure that's too low? You know, generally, um, we don't have too much of a concern over people with low blood pressure unless it's affecting their uh, if they're fainting, yeah. if it's if affecting their ability to just kind of function, right? Because there's some people with very low blood pressure and it's not a problem. So in other words, the, the risk from a, a cardiovascular perspective, the uh, kidney damage, things like that, is you want your blood pressure to be low, but you don't want it to be so low <laughs> that you're actually not able to function. Your body doesn't have enough because um, your, your blood pressure is basically your, your, your blood pumping through to your organs, your heart, things like that. And if your blood pressure is too low, it may mean that it's not getting out there and and the blood pressure is not uh, the, the blood's not moving to where it needs to move, um, but generally, in most cases, not a big deal. The bigger concern right now, and the bigger risk is the high blood pressure. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. 
Welcome back. I'm here with our trusted contributor, pharmacist Billy Chung from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Our topic today is hypertension, how to manage it, how you control it, what the situation is. He's here to take your calls and questions. And let's go to Hal in Kitchener. Hello, Hal. Yeah, hello there. I, uh, I just had a question for Billy. Go ahead. Um, you talked about ideal blood pressures below 120. Yes. But you didn't mention anything about age relationship. Yeah. So it's um, the, the target levels. It's a good question, right? The, the target levels that have been identified now for managing blood pressure are very specific, and there's less about the actual age because we know that when the numbers are, um, are high, the damage is there. So, and we also know that with the proper changes in lifestyle, uh, proper changes to the risk factors, you can get those numbers down. And that also includes the use of, obviously, medications to manage that as well. So, um, Well, a doctor that I talked to recently, said that the higher, the older you are, the higher your elevation of, of blood pressure is going to be yeah. automatically. Yeah, you're, it, so it's if you're exactly in right. So if you're in your 80s or 90s, they recommend that you don't even take blood pressure medications unless you're way up into the 150s. Yeah, so it uh, again, different physicians may have different opinions on some of oh, this. Okay. There are guidelines that the Canadian Hypertension Society releases, and they update it on an annual basis. And it changes regularly, and what they do is they update it based on studies and what they're seeing, what works out there. Okay, well, so, I'm not sure what you <laughs> was taking or, you know, looking at, but... But I will let you know. So high blood pressure doesn't just suddenly come on. So in other words, if somebody is has normal blood pressure and then suddenly their blood pressure is like very high, right? So what, yeah. what, what a doctor would usually look for is what would be the cause? What might have caused that oh, yeah, sudden yeah, increase, yeah. right? Especially so the changes. Exactly. So, Dramatic. but otherwise, most people, as you, as you age, your blood pressure will start, start to creep up. And that's why the risk factors, as I indicated, for males over 50 and uh, females over 65 is that yeah. It goes up because your body just starts not being able to manage the uh, the your heart doesn't work as well anymore. Your blood vessels. Well, may she not was work saying well. that the Mayo Clinic uh, has put out uh, you know documentation most recently. I don't know within the last six months that uh, it, it can do a little bit more damage than good if you not you know if you have no heart related problems when you're eighty five or ninety. You know, it's not likely that you're going to have any. You know, for the rest of your life. Do you? Do you? Are is that your situation? Uh, I'm into my 80s. Okay. Okay. And how's your blood pressure? Well, it's it's 132, one over 49, 50. It's never been into the 80s or the 90s, the low uh, count. Yeah. And it's never been over 145. But that's only when I'm out doing gardening and I run in the house and I take my own <laughs> blood pressure and it's higher. <laughs> you know, the uh, the medications, you don't start them right away, obviously. And again, at 140 over 90, 140 over 85, 135, those numbers, those are that's kind of where that borderline number is. And if you're oh, getting yeah, it, yeah, when, you're around that, when you're around that area, then it's really up to the person and the doctor to kind of figure out what's best for you at that time. Yeah. But if you're like diabetic, if you have cardiovascular risk factors, you know, I have no problems, members, no risks whatsoever. Yeah. So then, you don't have to get it down to the 120 target that, that's out there. But definitely, like if somebody has cardiovascular risk factors and their blood pressure is higher than 120 on the systolic side, that doctor wants you to get that yeah. number down. Yeah, okay, yeah. Hal. Well, Th- thank you. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to AJ in Mississauga. Hi, AJ. Hi, AJ. Well, hi, uh, good afternoon. I'm just curious when it comes to uh, some of the drugs that uh, have been prescribed um, 
recently. For for instance, Sibalta, Alipirino, and uh, pregabalin. What sort of effects is there, are, are those collectively uh, going to have when it comes to uh, the blood pressure situation? Yeah, no, it's a good question, actually. And there are... Um, just Can you just re- tell us what those drugs are for? Okay, so we got, uh, I think you said Cymbalta, correct? Yes. That's um, antidepressive. It's an SSRI uh, medication. You've got, uh, I think you said allopurinol. Was that correct? Correct. Yeah, that's usually used for gout. And what was the third one that you said? Um, pregabalin. Pregabalin. That's the um, that I think you're referring to the um, the antiplatelet drug that uh, people may be taking as well, right? So the um, there are risk factors in terms of what can contribute to high blood pressure, and some of those drugs do have a contributing factor. Specifically, actually, I'll, I'll highlight the Cymbalta drug, is that it's an SSRI, and it has been known as a side effect to cause increases in or affect blood pressure. Now, is okay. it is it an interaction? Is it a, a concern? So what usually happens is that it's all monitoring. Even drug interactions, a lot of times when two drugs may interact, the doctor will want to monitor and watch because you could take different medications together and still make sure that things are fine, right? So you want to monitor and take a look. Now, if somebody gets prescribed one of these medications and they already have high blood pressure and you start noticing their blood pressure going higher, then what may happen is that you may want to look at or switch to a different type of medication that is in a different class that may not have that same type of a side effect, right? There is indeed a family history of, uh, of <laughs> uh, curiously, uh, both high and low uh, blood pressure um, the uh, some some people had to do, and then I think of my my late grandmother who used to faint all the time because mm-hmm. of her low blood pressure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's curious uh, to what extent it may be genetic. Who's to say? Yeah. Now, it, it, what you need to do obviously is you know I'm assuming how's your blood pressure? Are you monitoring that? <laughs> <laughs> it's the white coat thing, though, eh? Yeah. Okay. Any time I go into the office. It's 200 over whatever. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. And you then, can get it uh, about taken. No, no, no. But the, you know, the third time around, suddenly it's 130 over what have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you it know, really, you know. It's a good point. And, you know, one of the things about taking blood pressure readings is that typically you're not taking that first reading. And some of the blood pressure devices now also look at saying, you know what, we're going to take three readings and then take an average of the the second two. Because, again, that first reading may not always be as accurate. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's the thing. They say, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay, AJ, I think you have to uh, (laughs) take more blood pressure readings. Thanks so much for your call. (laughs) Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Okay, Lillian in Severn Bridge. Hello, Lillian. Oh, I thought I thought I was calling uh, your office because periodically you have a silver uh, store in Richmond Hill. Excuse me? Uh, I think you have the wrong number. Did you have a question about blood pressure? No. I, I, okay, I, I think that uh, this is totally a, a wrong number. No, Let's go to uh, Gus in Mississauga. Hi, Gus. Hi, Gus. Libby. Uh, I would ask. I would like to ask the pharmacist. Uh, I'm on uh, blood pressure pills for five years now, and my blood pressure is always good, 125 over 80. Okay. Uh, I would uh, like to get rid of that, uh, to get out of the pills. You want to stop the medication is what you're saying yes. after five years, right? So have you done any of the lifestyle changes, the exercise, the diet changes? Well, I do exercise every day. Yeah. Uh, but lately uh, I started another pill, but it, I thought that's a different one. But the one I'm 
worrying is I don't want to take any pills. And uh, I think, but when I ask my doctor, he said, once you, you are in the blood pressure pill, you have to stay on. Yeah. Well, why don't you want to take the pills if they're working? Well, uh, if I can get, if I don't have it, why I have to, <laughs> to take it? It's to help you live longer, though, Gus. <laughs> so, so a few things. First of all, I would not recommend stopping it unless you're, you're working with your doctor and your pharmacist to, to, to stop something like that and unless they advise you. So the concern, obviously, is if you were to stop any of these pills, especially for your blood pressure in that case that we're talking about, is that that's what possibly is maintaining your blood pressure to that 125 over 80 level that you're talking about. And if you stop, that could go up, right? Now, um, typically, and your doctor is correct, is that when people have high blood pressure, you start with the lifestyle changes, but if it doesn't manage it, you get on medications. And what that really likely means is that the lifestyle changes is not getting that effect to get you to that level that you need to be to help you live longer. It's to protect your heart. It's to protect your kidneys. It's to really help you down the line. And we know that you can't feel the blood pressure being high, but it being high is not good for your body. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that happens a lot is that you take a medication and it works and yeah. suddenly you think you don't need it anymore. Well. Yeah. It's it's things like high blood pressure, cholesterol. Those are the things that are just they're hidden from you. You just don't know about it, right? And that's why. So make sure you keep on it and have, but continue to have the discussion. You can you can see how your body may change over time as you do those lifestyle changes. Okay, Gus. Thanks for your call. Yeah. Thanks very much. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, we've got Sharon in Niagara Falls. Hello, Sharon. Hello. Hi, Sharon. Um, I'd like to know, please. My blood pressure is the bottom number. It's, they usually say 140 over 80. Mm-hmm. Mine's in the 40s and the 50s. Yep. Okay. Is, is that an issue of any just, sort? Just meant the bottom number is in the 40s the and the 50s. The diastolic 40s number, and yeah. 50s. Yeah. And what's yeah. the top number? Oh, it's 138, 130, then it would maybe be 120. Like I took it for about four days in a row. Okay. Now, do you take any medication for your blood pressure? or is this natural? Do you take any medications for your blood pressure? No, I've never. Touch wood, I don't take a pill. So this is just natural. This is normal for you in terms of these levels. Well, I don't know. I've just, uh, I mean, that just seemed awfully low when they say over 80, that was all. So, I mean, it's it's no issue of any sort then? Do do you have any issues with dizziness, lightheadedness, things like that at all? Uh, Maybe a touch of dizziness, but not not extreme. Not not enough to really cause any issues with you, right? Then I wouldn't be too concerned. So again, what happens with the bottom number there is when your heart is relaxed. So if you think about it, when your heart pumps, it's it contracts and it pushes the blood through. Mm -hmm. When it uh, retracts, then it's releasing the pressure. And what that means is that it's not pushing the blood at the time. So it means that there's less pressure going through your body in terms of your veins uh, and, and arteries with, uh, from the blood, right? So your number just happens to be low. It means your heart is, is contracting, it's relaxed, it's, it's not an issue. And as long as you're not fainting and you're not having a lot of dizzy oh, spells, no, things no. like that, then... But- but the okay. top number is a bit high, no? It's at the 138, right? Yeah. So, again, it depends. Well, no, it, it, it fluctuates. It's never been high. Like, I've never had high blood pressure of any sort, of any time. Yeah. The other and thing... as I said, it's just, uh, I don't know, uh, I get, uh, when I was dizzy or something, I thought, oh, I'll take my blood pressure, and then I found it was low. Do you take and, that uh, at home? Pardon? Is the blood pressure at a blood pressure monitor at home? Is that... Yeah, I have a... Uh, a blood pressure machine at home, yes. Yeah. My husband died of a stroke, so I okay. I have one at home, and uh, I haven't used it in years. But anyhow, all right, that's fine. I just wondered if it was any 
So it's no great concern then. I'll just reiterate a couple of other things as well, is that the type of device you use is also mm-hmm. important. Make sure that I think uh, it's been certified. Usually I think it's the Canadian Cardiovascular Society or so forth that has the certified devices out there. Um, and if something's very, very old, you may want to also check it out and see and maybe use something else. Go to the pharmacy, check with the pharmacist as well, just to make sure that those things are working properly too. Okay, that's uh, good advice. Let's go to Nora in Fergus. Hello, Nora. Hello, Libby. I'm pleased to talk to you. Uh, I just wondered about my blood pressure. Uh, uh, August 2nd, it was uh, 120 over 40 at the pharmacy. 40? 120 over 40, yes. Okay. And uh, I do not take uh, uh, any blood pressure medication. I don't take any medication, actually. Good. And uh, (laughs) and I'm 90 years old. 90? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock wood. Yeah, that's <laughs> and your blood pressure number looks okay. Um, if it's uh, a month ago, I was at one one thirty four over seventy. That's a bit higher. Yeah, okay. It's a little bit higher. Um, do you monitor or track that on a regular basis? Uh, I usually do at the pharmacy, and uh, when I go to the doctor, they usually test to take a few tries to see what it was, and they tell me it's okay. And all your readings seem to be fine. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be too concerned. I'd continue to monitor it. Um, you, you don't get diagnosed with high blood pressure from one reading, so that's another thing to be for people mm-hmm. to know about. Mm-hmm. It's over a course of time, and it's very specific in terms of even how the readings are taken, but it sounds like it's okay. I would continue to uh, take the readings, talk to the pharmacist when you do that in the pharmacy, and when you take the readings at the doctor's office, also talk to the doctor and just make sure you, you know your numbers. And it, it, it's good. I think everybody has an idea what generally it is, but you want to know what your average number looks like is you keep track of it over time and you take an average. Okay, yeah. Nora, thank you. Let's go to Rob in Mississauga. Hello, Rob. Hi, guys. Enjoying your show. Thank you. Hi, Rob. So the average blood pressure reading when we're at rest is something like 120 over 80, but do they have this sort of what's the average of after we've gone for a, a quick walk or after we've done a, a quick jog? Is there some certain readings where we shouldn't be over? After a jog, should it be like 200 over 100 or whatever? <laughs> it's a, You know what? That's a very good question. I, I, I don't know if there's a whole lot of data on what happens right afterwards, but the exercise actually generally, from what I've seen and aware, actually brings your blood pressure down because – your arteries open up, your heart opens up. It works a little bit differently uh, in that respect. But so ahead. yeah, the, when you exercise, there's a target heart rate for what you're, heart you you should be at for your age. Yep. Um, as a maximum when you exercise right. that you probably shouldn't go over. I, I wouldn't think a walk would get there, but it's your heart rate. It's not your blood pressure. Yeah, so there's two things, right? Your heart rate goes up when you're walking, right, or exercising or do those, doing those things, and there are obviously numbers for that, so that's exactly right. But blood pressure-wise, yeah. it's affected differently. It's yeah. not the same way. And I know even for me personally, after I exercise, if I take my blood pressure, it's very low. <laughs> what, what about when, uh, when, when marijuana becomes legal? And is that because I noticed that when I used to smoke marijuana, my heartbeat would be much faster. I don't smoke it anymore, but yeah. so is that, does that increase blood pressure? Marijuana, I believe cannabis is one of those things that could be a risk factor towards increasing blood pressure. I so. think I just saw a study on that this yeah. week, yeah. actually. Uh, I, I haven't gone through it carefully yet, but there's just a study on that. 
Yeah. And so it's a, it's a, it's, it's a risk, right? It's one of those lists of things that can affect it. Uh, I'd probably say, you know, if you're not doing it all the time, then it's, it's not – like there's lots of things that increases your blood pressure. No, slightly. I don't smoke marijuana at all. So <laughs> it's uh, – but uh, obviously if somebody's at risk for high blood pressure, has high blood pressure, then it's some of those things where you say, you know what? That medicinal cannabis, maybe they want to take cannabis for pain for some other reason and whatnot, um, may not be the right route in some cases for certain people if they're not managing their blood pressure very well. So there could be a factor. It's a consideration. Thank you for your time. Okay. Thank you, Rob. And that is all the time we have for today. Billy, anything you'd like to leave us with on this? You know what? I, I think the key thing for people is that whether you are diagnosed or not with high blood pressure, it's something people should monitor. Um, know your numbers. Easy to do. Go to your pharmacy. There's usually a, a machine there. And if they don't ask the pharmacist, sometimes they actually do uh, have an electronic one that they can do as well. And you can easily have one at home, too. You can purchase one at the pharmacy for that purpose as well. Okay. Sounds like very, very good advice. Thanks to Billy Chung, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.